Welcome to SEC Unfiltered, home of the best SEC content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sports entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports. Pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews as well. Guys, so many fans and listeners of SEC Unfiltered have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Well, so again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from SEC Unfiltered sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rebels with our good friend Brad Logan. He's a contributor inside the Rebels on 24-7 Sports. He's also a podcast host on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast and also a co-host on Red and Blue Crew Pod. He does a little bit of everything. Brad, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Always a pleasure. And like I mentioned to you off the air, it is a fun time to be an Ole Miss fan, and it's a fun time to talk Ole Miss Rebels, my friend. How are you? 
It really is, Chris. Thanks for having me on. And congratulations on all of your early success uh, branching out to the SEC. Uh, you've got a big fan in me, and so I wish you nothing but the best. It, it, it's right now that the transfer portal are two words that have been said under Lane Kiffin's tenure over the last couple of years. They continue to, they being Ole Miss, continue to hit the portal really hard. Uh, just this morning at 6 a.m. Central, Pete Golding tweeted the shark. Uh, now, we've got some some thoughts on who we believe that might be. But uh, obviously, they got the tight end transfer out of Virginia Tech yesterday. Uh, there are other recruits that are on campus this past weekend, and Oxford is completely snowed in. Uh, we're snowed in here uh, about 30 miles south of Oxford. So uh, right now, we're just kind of waiting to see who uh, is going to be the new commit and uh, possibly could be in the 25 class. But we think it possibly is probably going to be another transfer portal. It has been wild. Um, but real quick, uh, real quick, Chris, I think, you know, sure, recruiting is big in the transfer portal. Recruiting is big for the 25 season. But I think what Lane Kiffin, uh, Pete Golding, Charlie Weiss, uh, you know, Randall Jordan, that in, that in, that entire recruiting staff, along with Kelvin Bolden, have done a phenomenal job not only recruiting the portal, recruiting high school kids, but recruiting their own roster. I think when Trey Harris came out, the wide receiver, and said he was going to stay, Ulysses Bentley has come out and said he's going to stay. We just heard from John Saunders Jr., who's going to stay the final year. They're calling it the final dance or the last dance of 24, similar to akin to what Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls did in the 1990s. And then you all of a sudden you get Jackson Dart comes out, he's staying. The only person of significance that has left has been running back Quinshawn Judkins. And sure, that's a big, big component of this offense. So I expect Ole Miss to try to fill that gap with another running back out of the portal. But uh, yeah, pretty good news that the only you only lose one player of significance off a team that wins 11 games, the first 11-win program. Uh, in program history. Yeah, Brad, let's start there. You mentioned that because one thing that will help you out, obviously, with momentum and the portal and recruiting is winning 11 games. And the first time, like you mentioned, in school history, you close it out with that Peach Bowl win uh, over the Penn State Nittany Lions, right? I mean, it's a feature game. Penn State is a brand, a big-time program. So that win was big for many reasons. But, I mean, you look back on the 2023 season, Brad, you lose two games to Alabama and Georgia, right? I mean, it was a great season in Oxford. And again, you covered that thing day in, day out. Just really quickly touch on the 2023 season that was and then the significance of, again, you win 11 games first time in school history. Uh, that's a significant feat and a significant achievement under head coach Lane Kiffin. Well, oddly enough, a couple of plays that really stand out, that's, of course, the the defensive stand against LSU when Ole Miss wins that game, 55-49, to 49, I believe. Uh, another game that, that I'm reminded of is Randy Bond's field goal from Texas A&M comes up a little short after Xavier Harris, who was up for special teams player of the year from uh, a couple of services. He blocks her, just, just, just barely tips that field goal, and Ole Miss beats A&M in another close one. Uh, they, they win all their close games this year, and, and when – Ole Miss was able to to beat Arkansas by six or seven points in Oxford, another close one. Ole Miss was able to beat Mississippi State on the road uh, by 10 points, but not before Ole Miss uh, forces Mississippi State for a field goal. And, you know, the kicker, uh, Ferry's kick uh, comes a little bit short. Everything that had to go right for Ole Miss during the season went right. All of the close games. And coming into the the season, you look at what – you go back into history and look at Houston Nudge. You look at Hugh Freeze. You look at Matt Luke. You you look at Billy Brewer. So many of those close games go the other way. So much so, Chris, that the moniker around Oxford and Ole Miss is we are Ole Miss. 
And the team says that, or, or that's things that people say before the game, but it was a negative thing that people would say, well, you know, we'll win the party. You know, we'll just go, go to the Grove and hang out and have a good time. We may not win the game, but we always win the party. Nobody says that anymore. Uh, that has completely been eradicated from the program. Nobody walks around and says, well, we are Ole Miss, W-A-O-M. That's the moniker, the hashtag that people – and, you know, you just don't see that anymore. And I think that's a credit to Lane Kiffin and the staff and the players about how well they've done this year. But those close games, to me, is what says how how, how Lane Kiffin has changed the, the, the program, has changed the culture. And you can go back to the game a couple of years ago at Tennessee. That was the biggest game in Lane Kiffin's tenure to win on the road in the SEC. He was able to do that. And now we're a couple of years later, Ole Miss wins 11 games. And now probably Chris ranked in the top 10, maybe even close to the top five in some services leading into that 24 season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brad, speaking of Lane Kiffin, what's it like covering him on a day-in, day-out basis? Because I had the my first ever opportunity to listen to Lane Kiffin. It was in person. And really sit down and listen to him in a presser. It was in person last year's SEC Media Days. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, in person, speaking to the media, he's going to speak his mind, but he's fairly subdued. I don't think it's anything over the top, if you will. Just kind of looks like he's doing it because he has to. But he's electric on social media. I, I mean, it's like he's low-key trolling everybody else in the SEC. He's posting different things, right? When they were visiting South Carolina and visiting Juice Wells, they're they're posting the South Carolina golf cart. You got old Miss staffers going back and forth with South Carolina staffers. Right now, he's you know he's uh he's tweeting, if you will, at Hugh Freeze, and Hugh Freeze is probably never going to reply. But I mean, what is it like covering him? Because I mean, again, he's just for somebody like in the content space, like. It's got to be a ton of fun just kind of seeing what will Lane Kiffin say or do next. He's nothing like his online persona. <laughs> uh, in a press conference setting, you talked about it in the SEC uh, media days. I mean, he's just like that. He's very to the point. He does not deviate from the message. And he's, ve- <coughs> excuse me, he's very similar to Nick Saban. 
you know, he coached under Saban. I think he learned a lot about how to deal with the media. He's very, he doesn't smile very much. He doesn't laugh. Very few times he will make it some sort, form of a joke. Uh, what we saw the post game of the, of the Peach Bowl was the most I've seen him. You know, I asked Caden Prescorn, who had 10 catches and led the team in catches, had a couple of touchdowns, would have had three touchdowns if they had not blown the whistle on that offsides of Penn State. And I asked, I was like, Caden, man, is there any any game planning you guys did? I know you were healthy. It's the first time you've been fully healthy all year. But there, is there any game planning that you guys did against Penn State? And Lane, you know, what did you take from the, the, the job that Prescorn had? I mean, he, he played great. Andy's coming back next year. You know, that's got to be exciting for you. And while Caden was answering, he said he interjected and said, wait a minute, you didn't ask him about going pro. Now I've got to throw it to him 10 times. He's got to get 10 catches or he's going to go pro on me, which coming from Lane, that's a lot. I mean, when he when he interjects anything of substance that's not by the message, you know, that's something we pay attention to. So uh, he is, to answer your question, he's nothing like his online persona, nothing at all. And he's very to the by the book. And does not uh, he does not disclose injuries, and it's real funny because uh, Tyler Comas, who who works with me, he'll say, "I know you don't talk about injuries, but what about, for example, Micah Pettis was dealing with a lower body injury. What about Micah Pettis at left tackle? Do you expect him to play?" He says, "Well, I'm not going to discuss injuries, but uh, Micah Pettis is not going to play because of a lower leg injury." <laughs> so he would he would actually answer the question anyway. So it's kind of funny, you know, listen to some of those things. But yeah, he's. He is a lot of fun to cover from the social standpoint, that's for sure. Brad, you mentioned the retirement of Nick Saban and the fact that Lane Kiffin worked under Saban and obviously uh, Lane showing his respects to the GOAT on social media. He would do that a lot, by the way, throughout the mm-hmm. season and just talking about the GOAT that is Nick Saban. But with his retirement, right, the, the, the excitement in Oxford was already at a fever pitch. What is the mood now? First, I'll get your thoughts and your reactions, Brad, to the GOAT hanging it up. But I mean... What's the excitement level at now looking at 2024 where it's like, you know, Alabama's still going to be chock full of talent. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, all of a sudden, it's like the stars are almost aligning for Ole Miss going into 2024. And by the way, many other SEC programs that I think secretly, even if they're not, you know, letting these feelings be known. I mean, I'm sure that there's fan base, you know, the fan base is in Athens, Starkville, Fayetteville, Oxford. There's a lot of folks that are probably pretty happy to see Nick Saban head out the door your thoughts on the retirement and then the vibe around Oxford, what it means for Ole Miss, that maybe they don't have to deal with Nick Saban anymore. You know, interesting about uh, Nick Saban, Ole Miss, it'll be the first year Ole Miss has not played Alabama uh, since 1991, and they've played them consecutively since then. So, uh, yeah, I think everybody's kind of looking at that. Um, but but here's a stat for you, Chris. I don't think anybody's really thinking about uh, People don't realize Lane Kiffin is the third or fourth tenured coach in the SEC. Think about that. Let that sink in for a moment. I mean, other than Kirby Smart, I think there are a couple more ahead of him. But Mark, other than Mark those, Stoops is the most tenured. That's the wild. Yeah, Mark Stoops. And, you know, so it's really maybe third or fourth. So, but, yeah, I mean, that that's that's interesting to know that Lane has been at Ole Miss when everyone is like, yeah, he'll stay a year or two and lead. I think now he's kind of settled in and and waiting for that perfect job. Now, people were, were talking about Lane Kiffin in Alabama. I think Lane and Jimmy Sexton and his representation are smart enough to understand you don't want to be the guy that follows Saban. You want to be the guy that follows the guy that follows Saban. Because if um, DeBoer comes in and, and just not does not do well and goes 10-2 and, and maybe 9-3, and, and they're like, let's get this guy out of here. 
uh, it may settle things down a little bit for someone like a Lane Kiffin to come in a couple years down the road. But, uh, you know, I've always thought, this is my personal opinion, that that is the job that Lane Kiffin has always wanted. I don't know if Greg Byrne and his team wanted Lane Kiffin. I know there was not a lot of overtures one way or the other. Uh, his name was never brought up. And as we know now, he is not the coach at Alabama. So the question is, is if he continues to win at Ole Miss, Ole Miss hosts a playoff game, something that they've never done, or obviously it'll be the first year that a team can do that. If they go on the road and they somehow make a national championship or they win a national championship, how does that change the mystique of Lane Kiffin? Is he hot? Is he the hottest commodity on the market? What happens at Alabama at that point? It just feels like that uh, there are only a handful of jobs specifically uh, that, that pay that Lane Kiffin would jump to in the college ranks. I think the NFL came calling that. That's another, that's another animal, but I do think that Alabama is definitely a job that's always been on his horizon and uh, probably just not the, the right timing for, for Lane Kiffin right now with the team that Ole Miss has coming back in 24. And Brad, you mentioned the fact in my mistake that Ole Miss doesn't even play Alabama this year. And I'm still getting used to the fact we don't have East and West divisions, right? We've got right. just one big conference. So Bama falls off the schedule, which I should have known that because last week we locked in way too early predictions. You look at, let's talk about really quickly, Brad, you look at this 2024 schedule. Again, we talk about stars aligning. There's no such thing as an easy schedule in the SEC, right. but there is a manageable schedule. And I think Ole Miss has that. I mean, you look at this, you start out the first month of the season, Furman, Middle Tennessee, Wake Forest, Georgia Southern. That's a pretty good way to get things rolling. You know, your first SEC game is the Kentucky Wildcats. That's at home. Your road games are at South Carolina, who went 5-7 and seven last year. At LSU will be tough, right? Anytime you go to Baton Rouge, uh, you welcome Oklahoma to the SEC. You go to Arkansas. We know their problems. Uh, you get Georgia at home. You go to Florida. Again, will Billy Napier even be the head coach when yeah. this sees the Gators? And then you close out with Mississippi State at home. I don't really feel like you could have asked for a much more favorable slate for what Ole Miss is trying to accomplish this season. Yeah, I think uh, you just look, and this year, you know, Chris, Ole Miss was favored in every game but two, and it was Alabama and Georgia, and they lost those games. Mm -hmm. Ole Miss will be favored in every game, I think, except Georgia, and maybe, depending on what's happening at Oklahoma, we'll see about that. And then on the road at LSU, I think Oklahoma right now would be a push. I think LSU is probably a three-point favorite at home. Uh, and then Georgia would probably be a six- to seven-point favorite uh, at Oxford. So I think at least Ole Miss is the underdog in two games, maybe more, depending on what happens with Florida. Otherwise, they're going to be a favorite uh, in the remainder of their games. So if Ole Miss, uh, you know, goes chalk and goes 10-2, and two, they're in the playoff. You know, if you can start in the top 10 and don't move a lot and stay anywhere from – you know, 11 until eight and lose two games, then you give yourself a shot. And that's the beauty of the college football playoff. You don't have to worry about beating Oklahoma and beating Georgia if you can beat LSU or vice versa. If you beat LSU on the road, you could give up one to Georgia or to Oklahoma. But the good news is you get Georgia and Oklahoma at home. And Ole Miss has been proven to have a really incredible, uh, you know, home atmosphere over the last couple of years. You know, I think they went 7-0 and this year at home. So, uh, yeah, it's a great opportunity for Ole Miss next year. The schedule, uh, you're right, it aligns really well for this Ole Miss team. And it's a season to where uh, Ole Miss fans have not had this type of excitement in the history of the program. I don't think I'm being hyperbolic by saying that. Anyone that's, that's my age, I'm 47, I don't think anybody, you know, in, in my age category that wasn't around in 1971, 72 for Archie Manning 
or prior to that when the team won a national championship in the uh, early 1960s under Johnny Vaught. Unless you're a part of that, there's never been any excitement like this. Brad, let's get back to the transfer portal because, again, Ole Miss has been very, very active. I want to start, though, with the Quinshawn Judkins thing. That one, to outsiders at least, was somewhat surprising. We now know, of course, he has committed and I think maybe even enrolled at Ohio State. Uh, Jackson Dart goes on his Instagram and posts something, a cryptic post to his story, which was quickly deleted. There was rumors of why it happened and what was going on. Can you fill us in on the Quinshawn Judkins situation and just why he felt the need to hit the transfer portal? Well, anytime you cover a program, you hear rumblings of instability at certain issues and that sort of thing. And sure, I mean, we we heard there were there were issues uh, specifically in the Peach Bowl. I mean, I mean, there video there's video evidence of Jaden Williams looking down at Quinshawn Judkins and shaking his finger and not helping him up. I mean, he's not doing that uh, as a joke. There's obviously a reason for that. Uh, we see. Uh, Caleb Williams, I'm sorry, um, we see uh, Jaden Williams and also other offensive linemen get into it somewhat with um, Quinshawn Jenkins during the game because they're having issues with blocking schemes and that sort of thing. Uh, so that's that's evidence that there is something going on there. And then, of course, after Quinshawn transfers, there's social media posts. And so just judging by things right in front of our face, there's obviously something there. Um, I, I cannot verify that there's there's locker room issues. I cannot verify any of that. All I could do is just follow the breadcrumbs, and the breadcrumbs led me to believe that there was a locker room issue with Quinshawn Jenkins. So uh, I don't know that Ole Miss is glad that he moved on because, let's be honest, he's a phenomenal running back. He's someone that carried Ole Miss in the latter part of the year. He dealt with a rib injury earlier on against Tulane, against Georgia Tech, was not as effective as a running back. But, boy, he really turned it on against Texas A&M, against Arkansas, and specifically took the game over against Mississippi State. So uh, I thought he had a great game. I thought he played well in the Peach Bowl as well. So uh, definitely going to be someone that is missed. But I think we'd probably be having our head in the sands if we didn't believe that there was an issue in the locker room. Uh, I think at the end of the day, both parties agreed to move on. And uh, I think, you know, Quinshawn's moving on to Ohio State. He's going to have every eye in the nation on him. He'll have a great opportunity to to get all the Heisman hype that you could imagine. He, I think the starting running back, uh, Chris, came back. So I think there'll probably be a one-two punch there in Columbus uh, for Coach Ryan Day. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think both parties worked it out. But but from an Ole Miss standpoint, I do think, you know, with Ulysses Bentley coming back, who's very talented, he'll be QB1. I'm sorry, running back one. And then you've got uh, a couple other guys. Keita Riscano is a running back to be looking forward to. He's a, he's someone that Kevin Smith, the running back coach, really likes. But I do think Ole Miss will go to the portal and get an established running back at some point, uh, maybe in the next window in May. But I expect Ole Miss to, uh, to, to get one more running back before the season. So, Brad, sticking with the transfer portal, let's talk some of these additions that Lane Kiffin has been able to reel in. I, I mean, the names range from guys like Walter Nolan, Princely Uman Mielin, Tyler Barron, Juice Wells, uh, Pooh Paul Jr., the linebacker from Arkansas, Logan Diggs, right? We just found out, by the way, you need a running back. He comes over from LSU to right. Ole Miss. Um, starting defensively, because they flashed this graphic during the Peach Bowl. I, I think what is really interesting, and I really commend Lane Kiffin, because a lot of times coaches will say something, and that's kind of all that happens, right? They just say it. Lane Kiffin said after the Georgia game, and he got kind of criticized for it, right, for just publicly coming out and saying that, and I'm paraphrasing, but we need better players. I mean, we need bigger bodies. We need to look like that on defense. 
in your opinion, your assessment, do you feel like Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels have gotten closer to that by these additions through the portal when it comes to the defensive side of the football, specifically getting the size, the speed, the type of players you need to succeed at the level that he was referring to? Yeah, I mean, I was sitting right across from Lane uh, when he said, you know, I knew when I looked at their roster and I looked across the way, I knew we were in trouble. And he said, that's no indictment on our players. Our players play their tails off. It's just we were in a – he basically said we're in a different league than Georgia with talent. And he said, we've got to fix it. Now, you'll hear me say a lot between now and September before they kick it off again that on paper, you'll hear me say that a lot on paper. On paper right now, Chris, Ole Miss has absolutely stocked its roster with much better talent to make a run in 24, specifically on defense. And now you've, you've got you – I really think John Saunders Jr. coming back to defensive back is huge news for Ole Miss. But you talked about Imami Ellen, who, who's a great player, who's who Ole Miss has got the number one defensive end, the number one – Defensive tackle out of the portal ranked by our friends at 24-7 Sports. And Walter Dolan coming in, we we saw pictures of him moving into Oxford. Everything appears good there. Tyler Barron, who was recruited heavily because his brother or his stepbrother won, went and had some family going to Louisville. Ole Miss drove those guys off. Uh, they lost to McDonald to the portal to Louisville, but they did keep Tyler Barron, who uh, they, they really needed him. Not to mention J.J. Pegues, the talented defensive tackle, transfer out of Auburn, is coming back. Uh, you've got Jared Ivey, who is has been huge at defensive end, but linebacker. You just named it. Uh, I think Pooh Paul is is one of the better tacklers that's going to be on this roster. You put him alongside uh, Sunterian Perkins, who was a former five star at Raleigh High School in Mississippi, who sw- who was swimming a little bit last year. He's a true freshman and played pretty good. But when it got kind of to to the SEC action and you started uh, game playing against Carson Beck and some of those better quarterbacks in the SEC, he's he was swimming a little bit. But he's only going to continue to get better. And so I think that says a lot about the staff and about Pete Golding and what he was able to do to really circumvent a defense. And now you throw in those new transfer portal pieces. Ole Miss is going to have one of the better defensive line classes in the SEC. And once again, Chris, defensively, the best collection of talent in the history of Ole Miss football. Now, we could argue what that means because they haven't been defensive you, so to speak, over the years. But without question – the best collection of talent on defense, and I would argue on offense as well, specific wide receiver in the history of the program. Yeah, Brad, I was going to ask, where does Juice Wells fit into the equation? Because obviously last year with South Carolina, he he battled the injuries and there was some speculation. Could he have played in the final few games? Could he not? Whatever. That's kind of beside the point. But it's like, where does he fit in? Because I think all of a sudden Juice Wells goes from being, you know, no-brainer wide receiver one in Columbia to – He's really fighting for reps, which is a good thing, though. I mean, iron sharpens iron, and you mentioned who's going to replace Quinshawn Judkins, but, I mean, Ole Miss is loaded everywhere else, led by Jackson Dart. And, of course, like we mentioned, he's got a fantastic group of receivers and pre-scoring the tight end, I believe you mentioned, right? He's back also in 2024. Well, the good thing about Ole Miss is you're going to go 8-10 deep at wide receiver. And now that if you, for example, run Deion Smith, the number one a JUCO player in the country who's coming to Ole Miss, he runs a go route and he can just roll off the field and then you roll in Juice Wells. Uh, so I think just having eight to ten deep of just absolute burners are going is going to be key. You know, Jordan Watkins is coming back. The wide receiver has pointed out he's coming back along with Deion Smith and Marquise Willis is someone that nobody knows about, uh, but he was Malik. He's Malik Willis's brother who was quarterback for the Titans. He played it in a small Cahoma Coney. Cahoa, Cahoa, 
if I can say it right, Cahoma Community College uh, <laughs> down the road in Clarksdale, Mississippi, and nobody knows about him. But he's got a, a great speed, and so he's definitely someone to, to look for. But Juice Wells is someone that Ole Miss got on early when he got in the portal. There were some questions about his leg, about his his ankle, about if he was going to be 100%. Ole Miss liked their, uh, their opportunities with him, so he's coming in, and it's going to be an electric wide receiving core for sure. Hey, real quick, Chris, let me yeah. say this about yeah. a running back. I appreciate you bringing up Logan Diggs. He is a transfer, started out at Notre Dame, went to LSU. He's now coming to Oxford. We have been told there could be a pretty uh, difficult injury to his knee. So there's a chance that Ole Miss will not be able to get him until the midway, somewhat midway part of the season. So that's definitely something to monitor. But I appreciate you pointing that out. Ole Miss will have running back depth in the back half of that secondary with Logan Diggs, who's a very good running back out of LSU. Yeah, you know, Brad, you've been working in the portal when Logan Diggs is just kind of an under-the-radar pickup, yeah. if you will. And on that note, Brad, if you had to pick one, I'm going to put you on the spot of all these portal guys who do you think, when it's all said and done, will be the biggest difference maker? Is there one guy you look at like, that's going to be the guy right there that's the anchor of this thing or makes this thing go or ha has the best season, if you will? There's so many candidates, right, because there's so yeah. many quality players been added. But is there one guy that whether when he was added or now you look upon and you say, that was the big one that Ole Miss locked down? I think at the end of the year, you're going to look back and say, Walter Nolan was a great player. Princely Uman Allen is an incredible defensive end. But at the end of the day, I think Pooh Paul is going to be the player that Ole Miss looks back and says, that's the best guy we got because I think he's going to lead the team in tackles. I think there's a chance he could lead the team in sacks. I think he's a phenomenal linebacker out of Arkansas. And I think he's going to be the player that Ole Miss looks back and says, I sure am glad we got him on our team. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Brad, before we get you out of here, let's talk Chris Beard's program. It's been, I feel like, a magical season in Oxford on the hardwood, right? When you look at expectations, and obviously Chris Beard has has won everywhere he has been. But, you know, thus far, I don't think anybody saw this coming, right? Ole Miss, over the weekend, they beat Vandy. They had that nice bounce-back win after a really tough, you know, first SEC game against Tennessee, who's one of the best teams in the country. They beat Florida by a wide margin. Just your overall impressions and thoughts on what Chris Beard is doing in year one. You know, people on the bench are wearing shirts that say culture. Uh, there are different people in the student section that have shirts that say culture. Ole Miss, really since 2012 uh, with Andy Kennedy when they won the SEC championship and beat Florida and then made it somewhat of a run in the SEC, not very far. You know, the furthest Ole Miss has been in the Sweet 16, that was back under uh, Rob Evans uh, back in 1998. So, um, there has been no basketball, quote-unquote, culture. And just just giving a shot of enthusiasm into a, a fan base that, that absolutely loves its football, let's be honest, and not also a program uh, that has to compete with baseball, who is a couple years removed from a national championship. But Chris Beard has just come in, completely turned the roster on its head, went to the portal, went to the high school ranks, and now has a collection of talent with a couple of transfers in, uh, Jason Flanagan's son, has come in and played very, very well. 
Uh, and then you've, you've also got a couple of big guys. And then you've got Matthew Morrell, who's been lights out shooting the basketball. Jamin Brakefield, also the transfer from Duke, the Mississippi product, has really played well for Ole Miss down the stretch. And now all of a sudden you look, uh, they've only got, uh, what, one or two losses. And uh, they're in really good, really good here early on in the SEC. They've got everybody's attention. They had a big win over over Vandy the other night. It was a really nice crowd, and uh, and I think Ole Miss is a, a team that to to watch without question. The, the key to me is if they can go ten and eight in the conference. I think they're a eight, maybe a seven seed, nine and nine, win a game or two in the SEC tournament. I think they're easily in, but just win a couple of games on the road win your home games, and that's the key for Ole Miss to make the NCAA tournament, a team that has not made the tournament very much in the in the program's history. So what Chris Beard has done has been phenomenal to watch in just a short period of time. Brad Logan, one of the best in the business when it comes to covering the Ole Miss Rebels. Brad, we're just nearly a month away from opening day, my friend. Let's get you back on the show to talk all things Ole Miss baseball here in the near future. But, my man, I appreciate you taking the time. It's always a pleasure, and I appreciate all your great work. Absolutely. Thanks, and best of luck to you, too. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.